Hello and welcome to episode number 13, lucky number 13, of Jenny and Paul's Sellout, the podcast where culture matters and selling out doesn't. I'm Paul Reese-Mandel, one half of your sellout podcast team. Jenny Benevento is my co-host and she'll be here in just a moment. Have you ever decided not to go out with your friends because you feel like you have too much to do? Or do you have a project you really want to work on but never have the energy? Or have you been just too scared or intimidated to get started? Well, of course, we all have. And on this episode, Jenny and I take on the price of productivity in choosing what you want to do, which also means choosing what not to do. It's a getting your shit together episode. Get on board. This podcast is pulling out of the station. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Paul. Well, here we go. Uh, we're we're well into podcast lucky number thirteen. Indeed, we're not well into it. We well, just got into we it. We just got into it. I, I'm all, I'm mentally there though. <laughs> you're you're halfway I'm through this. Totally thing. mentally there. It could be all that crack we smoked right before <laughs> this though. Keeps me focused, man. <laughs> Keeps me focused. Uh, uh, yes. No, we are not smoking crack here. Uh, unless anyone think otherwise, we need to. I don't want all of a sudden the to... The kids? You don't want to be a bad role model I don't the want to be kids a bad, to bo- I don't want to be a bad role model. I don't want the narcs to all of a sudden show up. Sure. Uh, you know, wanting to bust down my door. And this is, you know, there's no meth crack in here. Rock. There's no uh There's no Breaking Bad going on. We are merely <laughs> recording a podcast. We haven't even had any beer yet. We'll wait till after the podcast sure. to open up some beers. Uh, so it, it's all good. Um you know, we're, we're coming in here off of, uh, I think, a couple of really good pop culture episodes. Yes, definitely. And then we had the we had Rush uh, featuring Dr. Kyle Reesmandel. Sure. PhD, my and, brother. And Skip Reesmandel. And Skip. I mean, I convinced him to come on, and I almost had to trick him. But, I mean, at least initially he was sort of willing. We'll see if uh, Kyle and I can entice him to do another one. Sure. He has a little bit to share. Maybe maybe we'll be able to do an Andrew Lloyd Webber episode. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I'd be pro some show tunes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know diddly about that. Although, I, I, though, actually, I've learned more than I ever thought I would about about show tunes because I work at the School of Communication, at Northwestern University, which is home to a very large music theater program, and so almost by osmosis, I get exposed to way more musical theater than I ever thought I would be. I was only friends with gay boys before the age of 17, so I know a lot about yeah, musical theater. Yeah. Um and 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 in theory it's all right. <laughs> I I'm I'm pro a lot of musical theater, I have to say. Yeah, it's fun. I I have come around as I admitted to my brother Skip. I mean, I've I've come around to it. I I I I enjoy it. I saw Jersey Boys for Pete's sake. <laughs> Along with uh all my aunts in law. Was, oh, that's adorable. It was very adorable. It was a matinee as well. Frankie Valley was my first concert. Really? Yes. How how, how old school and ethnic I didn't can know, you get? Yeah, exactly. You're not you're not Italian at all, are you? No. <laughs> I was in Milwaukee. Yeah. In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, yeah. yeah. I like Frankie Valley. Yeah, he's good. He's from Jersey. I'm from it's Jersey. True. You can't have, tell, but I am. I have not seen the Jersey Boys, but he seems like a nice person. It's a good show. Mm. It's a lot of if you like the music, especially you'll you'll definitely enjoy it. I'm more of an old school Oklahoma music man. Sort oh, of all right, okay, Rodgers and Hammerstein. Sure. <laughs> I, I I actually had to sit in and, and had to record all the lectures uh, for a class about the evolution 
of music theater. Hmm. So indeed, I've I've seen the history of it. Uh, unfold before your eyes. Unfold before my eyes. <laughs> I, I, I learned a, way more than I ever thought I would. I had an extremely intense obsession with uh, a chorus line in high school. Okay. Because I think musical theater was like the only way I could like listen to so- songs that were dirty <laughs> uh, in public. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. In chorus line, definitely. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right, and that's pretty dirty. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. It was breaking down barriers back, back <laughs> totally then in the seventies. Well, we're breaking down barriers right here. Yes. But, and the reason I brought up the two, uh, wait, when the other one was about R. Kelly. I never even mentioned the other pop culture sure. uh, podcast is about R. Kelly. Uh, but it's because we're, we're going off one of the getting your shit together episodes. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we have a little sugar and spice. Which, I mean, R. Kelly could use a get, getting your shit together. Podcast. He could, except, you know, at the same time, you know, he's crank, apparently cranked down another, I don't even know how many episodes. Yeah, I don't know. He says he's there's over the like 50 right now. So. Wow. All right. See, so, I mean. Uh, he's he's productive. He's, yeah. He's not a procrastinator. You know, uh, about that. I mean, I I often wonder, though, because I've known some people who, who seem productive. Yeah. Right. And, I'm, and I don't. That's not meant as a cut. But I often think that they are. Sometimes it's a hiding from yourself kind of thing. You know, you know it's like you can't have a moment's silence. Uh, or you know you don't want to sit still for too long because that's when that's when the the bad thoughts come in, right? And the demons come back, you know. And you have to sort of deal with things that you're that you're running from, and you know maybe not running from, uh, you know, literally, obviously, like the law. <laughs> but but even you know, admit and they may not be you know horrible demons, but they might be anxiety, they might be fears about being uh, not good enough, or or things like that. I think that's actually how they sell meditation courses. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Meditation isn't bad. No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like that just sounded like you were trying to sell me a meditation course. All right. Well, maybe I will. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Maybe there's some affiliate programs out there. We could use to make some scratch on this damn podcast. Exactly. exactly. You are in a neighborhood of a lot of Buddhist temples. That's so true. Like Buddhist could... temples and a lot of hippies. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that we could pretty easily walk we... over to a Buddhist temple and get some meditation. We can. Yeah. I mean, they, and I think I see and we got Krishna's. Uh, oh, sure, here. yeah. In, in, uh, so uh, we record this in Rogers Park, which is the northernmost neighborhood of uh, Chicago. It is just south of Evanston, uh, the fine suburb and college town of Evanston. And Rogers Park is sort of the hippie neighborhood of of Chicago, and as much as Chicago has a hippie neighborhood. Aging hippie neighborhood. I oh, would definitely yeah, aging not, hippie. Not like current hippies. Well, yeah, I mean, if, go to the Heartland Cafe and okay. you will see some current hippies. You I try to avoid hippies. So. Yeah, yeah. Heartland Cafe is also this restaurant that was uh, it's been around since the late '60s. Was sort of a, a focal point for uh, leftist organizing at that time, and has kind of maintained that uh, reputation uh, ever since. And continues to serve sort of mediocre hippie food, and has a little general store full of uh, leftist magazines and stuff, trinkets, doodads, and some foods. I would say in the homebrewing world, Rogers Park is also known as where famous homebrewers live. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Because I think it was like they were also hippies who wanted to make their own beer and could buy a house cheaply. Yeah. Yeah. A good Venn diagram. Yeah. You know, and, and Rogers Park is also um, incredibly diverse. Uh, so, it's, so while there's lots of hippies, there's also lots of Ethiopians and Jamaicans. <laughs> 
and in Chicago, some Mexicans and uh, Jamaicans and other Central and South American folk and lots of uh, lots of Orthodox Jews, lots of Russians and Poles and other Eastern Europeans. So it's 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 a pretty, uh, pretty good melange here in Rogers Park. Uh, that gives you some idea. And and we have and we have Krishna's. There's a Krishna temple yes. not too not about a about a half mile away from here. So if we needed to find a good uh, massage therapist or... Uh, <laughs> you cannot swing a dead cat without hitting no. a, a meditation center. <laughs> no, you, you really can't. <laughs> you really can't. But it's, it's, it's a fine place to live. But anyway, talking about the sort of running away from yourself, I was I, I actually thought of uh, Mr. Henry Rollins. Yes. Who is, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what you call him, a punk celebrity, for, you know, an alternative culture celebrity, former singer of Black Flag and Rollins Band. And now, spoken word artist. Uh, he is a DJ. Photographer. Photo- is he a photographer, too? Yeah, he has a photography book out. Does he now? It's a travel photography book. Oh, I yeah. believe that, because he, he spends a lot of time traveling. Right, that's his new... He thinks that punk rock people should now go travel to places yeah. the government says they shouldn't travel. Well, that's... I know, and he puts his money where his mouth is. I'll give him credit. Yeah. And he's got a radio show on KCRW in uh, Santa Monica. Right. Uh, and, you know, the spoken word tours and acts and uh, appears in a lot of documentaries because it seems like <laughs> he doesn't say no. Yeah. And, and, he, and, and so I, I listened to a uh, interview with him uh, recently. I think it must have been the Nerdist podcast. That's what I'm thinking it was because it was really long. And if it's and that's typically Nerdist podcast, long and rambling. And of course, yeah, it was. And, and, and it, it was an hour podcast. So it wasn't ours. So right. Compared to the Nerdist, man, we are focused and we are through. Okay. Uh, that's all that's I'm, true. I don't know if you ever listened. Yes, I do. And I like it. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not shitting on it. I'm and just, they're getting some great people. They got Tom Hanks. Yeah, I mean, that's the, crazy. The, they they get they gets the gas exactly. Um, maybe we can get Chet Hayes. Okay. <laughs> we'll put that one in show notes so people know what the hell we're talking about. Um, uh, but but he was on, and it was probably a month and a half ago now, and he, he pretty much literally said that, yes, he works all the time because he kind of is running away from himself. Because he pretty much just works. And he doesn't, hasn't ever really had a relationship, a romantic relationship that yeah. he talks ever much about. Well, yeah, he, I guess there was one a while ago that he... Um, was dating some girl for a long period of time, but then he uses this excuse that he can't be in a relationship because he's always traveling. Mm-hmm. Right. Although yeah. one... And on the road. That could be changed. And two, you would think that they would have enough money where she could go with him mm-hmm. if, if they really, if this was like... Right. It's clearly some weird excuse. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think he admits as much. He, he, I mean, you just say he, he's sort of a, uh, as a public, as a public figure, he's sort of... Um, He's a very challenging character because as soon as you're ready to accuse him of something, he cops to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, see, I recently saw an interview with him on The Big Think, which is a blog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he talks about how he hates marriage and he doesn't understand why anyone would ever get married. So, I, I'm sympathetic to the viewpoint <laughs> as a married man, which has nothing to do with my relationship or my marriage. It is a marriage that almost didn't happen. Not because neither of us don't like each other. It's more to do with marriage than anything else. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, just thinking, you know, the, the work, you know, constantly working, you know, you think you're productive, but in a lot of ways you're just hiding from yourself. And I wonder when it all, when it all comes crashing in. Sure. It's like, I, for me, if I have a big deadline, I'll start cleaning my house. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this thing. I'm procrastinating. I'll do this other thing that's totally useful. And that's a very common procrastination right. strategy. Right. So you don't feel as though you're just doing nothing. 
Right. You're, you're being productive. And it's an excuse. You're like, well, I have to clean the house. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. Yeah. It needs to get clean sometime. Right. But then, you know, after you've uh, used a toothpaste and a toothbrush to polish... <laughs> After I take the map. All, the, all of the uh, <laughs> all of the drain pipes in, in the bathroom sinks. <laughs> right. Maybe you've maybe you've taken it overboard. A Actually, little bit. I'm just trying to say to you that um, I use cleaning as an excuse for my meth habit. <laughs> I'm just I it's I'm or, are you, are intervention. You, yeah, it's sort of uh, like requiem for a dream. You're yeah. on some pretty heavy diet meds and right and scrubbing scrubbing the whole house. Yep, it's totally my weekend. <laughs> That's everyone's weekend, really. Sure. That's what weekends are for, is for taking meth or diet pills or both. <laughs> a little combination. And scrubbing everything Never heard anyone. I mean, except Heath Ledger. But, you know. But, you know, it's it just, you know, since we're, this is going to be a getting your shit together episode of the podcast, now that we sort of identify that we have sure. these two trajectories, there may or may not merge at certain points. The rush was really not at all about getting your shit together, I don't think. Well, they have their shit together, though. It's true. They do have their shit together. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it could be. It I could think be. they could be. They could merge. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I, I, because um, I've been really I've I've been really busy lately, both with like just with my job job and with the all the other things I do when I'm not at my job, all my other work, which include this podcast. You know, I write uh, for a website called Radio Survivor several times a week. And I write columns. I'm gearing up for a conference. That I'm sort of a co-chair on where I have to do a bunch of sessions, you know, learning I'm going to do another one now because <laughs> someone's bailing. And but, you know, it's it, it feels like it, my my uh, default is being in motion uh, rather than being at stasis or at rest. And you've recently uh, gotten back to work after taking a leave of absence. Right. And yeah, I mean, I would say I'm in the same place you are where this month has been insanity and I had like three different lectures and I've been into four different cities in like the last month. And um, yeah, it's I I feel like there's this like compressed either people ask me to speak all at once um, or, you know, for six months, nothing happens. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and for me, it's it's causing me to do a little bit more of the. The okay, um, is this a sustainable pace? Do I want to sustain it? Because on the one side, I mean, I like I like having things to do. I like being busy. I, you know, I wouldn't uh, we wouldn't do this podcast. I wouldn't write if I didn't enjoy it. But I also keep finding, and I don't know if you find this, that that my list, my to do list, is longer than than I think is my practical ability to complete it. Totally agreed. I think everyone would feel that way, though. Right, and it, and while I think on the one hand it's 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 always good to know you have something else to do, there's also a flip side in which it's frustrating because you feel like you feel like Sisyphus rolling rolling the rock up the I hill. I feel like there's just so many things that have fallen off the list this month. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to that in November. Mm-hmm. And, and and yet, you know, I, I would still, I know, and and I and I, you know, keep trying to move through sort of product, you know my own little productivity habits to kind of knock things off and be able to get things and make them digestible. And it works. It's, it, it, you know, it's not bad, but it's, it, it, you know, I, I go through, um, and I probably have gone through this several times this month, a period of like, not quite bottoming out, but definitely feeling like, okay, like I can't do anything right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it, it results in a day where I lay in bed and watch TV for like <laughs> right. five hours or I get extremely sick, which is what happened this time. 
Mm, mm. I get like a terrible cold and I'm like, I know this is going to come because I've been traveling a lot and not sleeping and eating poorly. So I'm going to get sick and then watch like six hours of gem. And I, gem. Yeah, that's what I did. On Netflix? Okay. (laughs) I might choose something else. Hogan's Heroes, perhaps? It just depends. I mean, it's never, (laughs) I never want to sit in bed for six hours and watch like a a documentary about important things. Okay. Well, you know. Yeah. It's usually Law and Order. Law and Order is good. It always wraps up at the end. It does. It always wraps up at the end. There's always resolution, unlike life. Well, and also I like it because there will be stars who are famous now who were not famous then. And so it's kind of fun. It's like a treasure hunt mm-hmm. for famous people. Mm-hmm. Looking for, uh, you, you look at them then. Yes. But I, I wonder though, I reflect a little bit, you know, as I go through this, is it, is it, am I, am I, uh, you know, loading myself up with these things to do? Am I pulling a Rollins? Am I hiding from myself? <laughs> I like the phrase pulling a Rollins. <laughs> we got to get that in the common parlance. Yeah. I'm totally pulling a Rollins right now. Am I pulling a Rollins or, you know, is, is it, is, is it, is it legitimate? You know, or, I mean, legitimate is not really the right, right word, but is it, you know, actual sort of just enjoyment in, in being productive because there's a certain, I mean, I find there's a certain enjoyment in in productivity. Right. I mean, I think for me also, this is tied up with not saying no mm-hmm. to things because I'm like, that's going to be super fun. And then I'm like, yeah, but it's the same week I have to do these other things. So, yeah, I mean, I get a little loaded into that. I mean, I've been better at saying no. Right. And, and to some extent, you know, it, it uh, you know, you and I are both sort of trying to maintain careers. Right. <laughs> such as they are, which uh, has involved being. Uh, expressing our expertise in certain areas. Uh, for me, it's it's been in radio and in, in online video and education. For you, it's been in uh, taxonomy and uh, information librarianship. Information librarianship, Is yes. that a real thing? thing? No, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. It does, does sound good. I, I am put the that world your, expert in information I think you need to put that on your business card now. <laughs> it says... My business card says I'm a smashing dinner guest, so can, it can't be any worse than that. <laughs> I can give you an endorsement on your sure, big jacket for sure. that one. Um, yeah, so I mean, the idea, I think I'm doing, I'm never doing a ton of things to keep busy to like not think about something else. I mean, unless someone died or something. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I, I mean, I think there's a difference between not saying no because you're like, I just feel bad about saying no. Uh, or, or, you know, someone's taking advantage of me and not saying no because you're like, that sounds so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, like, for me, uh, I don't know, if there's opportunities that you're, like, interested in doing. It's staying up late. I also can't go to sleep early. Yeah, I mean, I do too, but then I have to be in early and it, it eventually the, the candle is burned at both ends. Yeah. Yeah, that's what kind of drives me nuts, and I, and I and I do agree with you because I think right there's a difference between not saying no because you feel bad, you don't want to feel rejected, you don't want to let someone down, versus no, it's something you really actually want to do. Right, and I've been doing a lot of that sorting out for myself uh, in general about the difference between I can do it and I want to do it because I think that there's there is often not a gulf, not an enormous gulf, but there's definitely a channel between those two between those two things. Because there's all these things that you, you can do and you're reasonably good at or competent at or maybe even really good at, but not necessarily the things that you're really fun at, that's really fun for you or you love. And not that everything has to always be a party, but there is labor and endeavors that you enjoy more than others. 
Yeah, but then people use the excuse of, like, not doing a fun thing that actually fulfills them because they have to go to work in the morning. Right. Well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think, and I, and I definitely get caught in that, um, you know, in in that same double bind uh, of, of because often the things that I, you know, working in the kind of jobs that I have professionally, um, working in universities in particular um, as, a, as a professional staff member means that you tend to wear a lot of hats. I mean, it, it tends to be the case for a lot of people. They wear a lot of hats. And so there's always like the hat is the thing that you really like and you're really good at. And then there's the things that you're all really competent and they just need someone to do. And and the balance between those things it, for me is, is, is difficult to maintain. And it's often not under my control because it's what other people demand of you. Um, and that's sort of that same gulf between the thing that you want to do and the thing that you can do, you know, like, I'm a reasonably good kind of manager in general. You throw me some situation, I'll probably find a way to manage it. I can manage students, personnel, I'm reasonably good at it. And I enjoy it in a lot of ways. But it's sort of a generic kind of capability. It's not around. So if you're like, oh, we need someone to go deal with this like help desk. Why don't you go manage it? I can. And I've done it in the past and I'm reasonably good at it. I don't really enjoy it. Right. I don't love it, and it often takes away from the things that I do really enjoy doing. When you're talking about within your job, I mean, I think there are people who are like, yeah, I work at McDonald's because I got to have a job, but Mm -hmm. in my spare time, I'm a, I don't know. Uh, I work at a planetarium. I volunteer at a planetarium. Right. No, that's it, my passion, but there's no jobs in that, you know? And that's cool. And I don't think that your job has to be your passion. Right. Right? I mean, I think that, that everyone makes their <laughs> makes their accommodations and figures out what it is. And, and I've known a lot of people I had a lot of respect for who were able to really make a good division there, who were able to say, this is my job, and I'm pretty good at it. And I don't ask any more of it than what it has to give. And it makes me enough money to do what I want to do. And, and, and I really enjoy myself the rest of the time. Like, I, like you know, I, I, go, I love to see live music and I go do that. And maybe I only work half-time because I only need that amount of money. And I'm not really interested in, in becoming full-time or whatever. And I don't need the extra money because it would get in the way of me having more time to do this. And I, I have a lot of respect for it, though it's always been difficult for me to sort of just say that because you can also get in that trap of well i'd like to make well, i know it's great to get promoted it's great to have a fancier title and make more money <laughs> well i guess for me too is there's not a time when it's like oh i'm doing two things this month it's either i'm doing nothing and laying around and watching gem or i'm doing 37 things this month so i mean i think there's also for me and i i would guess this is or I've observed this to be true for other people, is like the less stuff you're actually involved in, the less you actually start committing to things to do. You know, that's interesting. I, I think that's an interesting observation and point that, that there's a that there's a bit of the, uh, there's a momentum, but then there's also a stasis. You know, bodies at rest tend to stay at rest. I think, well, I mean, I, th- I think of it more of as, as a binge and purge. <laughs> um, in that, like, I'm, I'll do all these things and tire myself out, and then next month I will do nothing. And right. And I have to I have to be like, okay, got to get back on the stick. But what, at what point does that become pathological, right? Because right. I've definitely known people and had friends who were, who where it was a little less binge and purge and a little bit more manic depression. <laughs> Right, and I don't mean clinical manic depression, right, right, right. but of the sort in which when they crash, they crash really, really right. hard, and and often you didn't see them for for a month and a half or sure. two months. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's maybe I'm doing that. I don't know. <laughs> I think I guess I do it more in the week. 
you know um so i don't know if it, i'm finding that for myself yeah. and i don't and that was you know now you know in my early 40s it was less true in my late 20s i felt it was much more like i could actually kind of power through a lot you know through the week much more so and now you know there are a couple nights a week i'm pretty productive you know which means at home after work after dinner you know usually it's blogging writing researching things like that or editing a podcast or something but i find more than two nights a week and i'm really hitting a point of diminishing returns and i can do more but after a while it's diminishing returns and i'm probably eating up potential productivity the next week yeah i mean i guess i feel like uh that that's probably true although if for me i'm never if it's a certain level of fun i will stick it out for that third day well i guess if it's fun yes right i mean and my regular kind of work is fun but it's it's sort of solitary so when I'm, you know, you and I are doing something together, so it's different than sort of if it were like, hey, Paul, come on out and give a talk at this thing. Right. Well, I mean, however you're defining fun. I feel yeah. like I'm going to push through to that third and fourth and then fifth maybe day of fun things. And then next week be like, oh, I can't do anything this week. I'm going to die. Right. I mean, there's fun and then there's work and then there's fun work. And, and right. you know, I mean, the, these things I do sort of more independently are fun for me even though they are work right and i i for me at least it's a little different if it was more of a uh i think often i'm energized by um collaborative endeavors you know working with other people doing things socially even if that does you know sort of drains you in a different way um but much of what i do otherwise is is a, is a bit more independent it's not utterly solitary because like like for the podcast we work together even if i do some work on my own and you do some work on it your own the blog I, I write with Radio Survivor. I mean, I have co-writers. We meet. We, we, You're we really work plugging together. the blog today, more so than any other time. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's something I, I spend a lot of time on, right? <laughs> no, I know. I just think you it's know? funny. I don't yeah. think you've ever mentioned it. Probably not. No, I, I, it's a bad habit. I, and, and, see, and in fact, yeah. my uh, fellow bloggers want me to mention it more. Oh, see, you're being, we're just this payola of some sort. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think they want they want to bring us all in under the same umbrella. Oh, okay. Know, at some point. I, I, we, we haven't quite figured out the logic behind it, but it, it'll work. I mean, I, I have plans for it, but that's a whole different issue that requires me to have way more time than, yeah. I, than I currently have in any given day or week. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, uh, my website was the same for five years. Like, the design of it was the mm-hmm. same for five years. And I was always like, that was always on the to-do list, like, redesign website. And it didn't happen at all until, like, the server company I used to host things had some issues and we needed to migrate to a new software. And I was like, well, while I'm here, I know it's 11 p.m., but I'm going to do it all, you know? Yeah, so. it's fun. Yeah, because I'm in the same point for my own, like, sort of personal website, right. which is which I've been working on, but is still not public because I've been working on it. Then I have my old blog, MediaGeek.net, which is something I did for uh, 10 years from the OG days of blogging back in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. but is mostly unupdated for the last 12 months and really longer than that. You know, try, I'm trying to bring all these things back into focus, right? And, and, and you know, and, and find some coherency. Um, and I just keep running into the there aren't, it's not even there aren't enough hours in a day, but there just isn't enough mental energy after a certain point. Right. I mean, I don't know, because I feel like, I always feel like I'm not doing enough stuff. And, and yet you do a lot of stuff. Well, and everyone I know is like, I don't understand how you do all this stuff. <laughs> and especially like traveling, like I travel a lot. And um, 
I definitely get from other people like, I don't understand how you travel so much. Um, so I think part of it, and I don't understand either, I guess. I don't, I don't understand why it's an, why it's weird. And so I'm wondering if a lot of this is also, uh, you know, part of that whole, what tires you out? Like the, that definition Mm of, um, being out, uh, extrovert versus introvert is like what if you're an extrovert being around people doesn't tire you out it energizes you blah blah which i think that definition is bullshit but well i think it's not not finely tuned enough yeah maybe um but so but i mean i think like some people really obviously think of travel as like oh this is so hard i have to Mm -hmm. go to the airport but if you do it more than a few times you're like oh this is easy i live near the airport it's not very hard (laughs) you know um, I have this bag that I always You can use. routinize it. Right, right, right. Well, and, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess things that they do seem really exhausting, too. So I think it just, just depends. Like, the idea that people change their sheets every week seems exhausting and confusing <laughs> to me. I don't know how people do that. Nor, nor vacuum every week. <laughs> and I try to do it, but, but uh, I don't really particularly enjoy it. And, uh, I mean, that's that clearly time. the area that right. I'm lacking in um, and why I'm pursuing a... a an outside math career. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think that it, it's funny because for me, maybe it's also the group of friends you're in because like, for me, I'm thinking, Oh, I really need to get out of bed and leave the house more. I'm not doing enough social things. And for everyone I know, they're like, Oh my God, how do you do all these things? Oh, hi. Welcome to the halfway point of the Jenny and Paul sellout podcast number 13. Today we're talking about choosing what to work on, making sure you have the energy to do it, and aren't too scared to start. Heady stuff, eh? Of course, I need to remind you that you can find show notes and other information about the podcast at our website, selloutpodcast.com. Be sure to find us on Facebook at facebook.com selloutpodcast. Uh, Like us there if you would. And on Twitter, at Podcast. As always, we really appreciate it if you'll rate us at the iTunes store or on Stitcher.com. We would consider it an awesome holiday present if you do that for us. We are always interested in hearing from you if you have any comments, responses, or retorts to this podcast. Leave a comment at our website or email us at jpsellout at gmail.com. Now... Back to the cast. Yeah, I mean, and I do think, you know, this is actually, I I see this actually converging, and I wonder if it would, on the topic that we talked about, we will talk about, which was sort of the um, getting over the fear to do things. Because I think that's at least part of it. Um, and, and, and I mean, not necessarily for you or me in the things that we do right now, but I think it is, it is things like fear that 
are tiring and exhausting and keep people from doing things. And I know that it's true that it has kept me from doing things in the past, right? And that's primarily for me, it's like fear of rejection, fear of failure kind of kind of stuff. Um, and, in, you know, and, it, and, it, and it, it's in different domains because there were some things that for whatever reason um, in my weird brain, I never was afraid to do. Like I've been like a public speaker since they let me do it in high school, since even before that, since I learned I could give a speech instead of writing a report, I would always choose yes. the oral report option yes. and I would give a freaking lecture. <coughs> and I learned if I used the board and treated it like I was teaching a college class, I got even better grades than if I just sat up there and droned. And it always took much less time to prepare that than it took to write the damn paper. And for whatever reason, no fear around that. But certainly, you know, in other in other arenas, there there is the, you know, certainly that hump of the, the fear. And, it, and it's a little bit connected to the what we talked about a, a few podcasts ago that I need the thing to do the thing. Yeah. You know, where where I can't, you know, I won't be a great guitarist till I get the great guitar. Right. And I, I guess I feel like um, I, I agree with you about the whole public speaking thing like that. Uh, you know, I have videos of myself doing magic tricks to the audience of my you know, empty living room at four. Um, but I think uh, for me, it's things like Cyrus was talking about in that episode where it's like, all right, so I've studied the guitar for one year and it's something I actually care about. I don't want to play this in front of people who are much better than me at this. So for me, I guess the thing that is that is hard to get over is um, uh, things that I I know the people around me are better at. Like, so speaking is not an issue because I know I'm better than people at. You know what I mean? It's not, and I don't mean that as a jerk. I mean, I just think, like, it comes very naturally to me. Or things I don't really care about. So, you know, it's, I guess I would go surfing with people because I know I'm going to be bad at that and I'm, I've made my peace with that idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but something that you might really care about right. and you're concerned about. Right. Yeah. Or, or that I've invested some time in because mm-hmm. I feel like then it I should be really competent at that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, in terms of having fears about doing something, I guess my experience usually for me is that I'm more afraid of not doing something, of, like, missing out on something, mm-hmm. um, which is its own issue as well because you're like, hey, I can't do these 17 things uh, this week. Like... Last week, I was like, oh, man, I have not had a day where I could just sleep in past an alarm for, like, a month. And I was like, well, this weekend, I don't have much planned. It'll be pretty relaxing. All I'm doing is going skydiving. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, wait, for other people, that's probably not a relaxing weekend. No, would not be for me. (laughs) Right, exactly. But, like, for me, like, I was like, but that's something I've always wanted to do. And so that's sort of relaxing because right. I, I mean, it, it, on and, a bus. And... and it is something you wanted to do. Right, and, right. and And for me, like, there were, uh, there recently, you know, there was uh, WFMU, which oh. is a great radio station out of New Jersey. Very innovative use of online resources. Interesting purveyors of culture. Has uh, the second year they're doing this thing called the Radio Vision Festival. And I really, really thought about going this year. Um, I didn't go last year and just cause it, it seemed really interesting. Of course that's I'm mean, in radio and audio media and things like that. And I didn't because it just got to the point where I was like one sort of the money, you know, the airfare and things like that. But I was just tired and I knew, you know, and then I probably would have enjoyed it. Right. I probably would have, would have been a lot of fun to do, but I, it was just, it's going to require a little bit too much of me right now. And I'm just, and I, and I bailed, I didn't, I didn't make the plan. I didn't do it. And I think that's fine when it's like, 
oh, this is actually a self-preservation move because I might get ill or something. Yeah, and, and maybe, and yeah, and it's not, it's not, I'm not sure. It was definitely that battle, but right. I definitely was a little bit of like, oh, but I missed out. And then, yeah. you know, and then I learned about, like, there was a, a podcast festival in L.A., the first one. That seemed, I wished I'd known about that. It was more, you know, way too late for me to, to go do it. Um, and then, you know, and then there was another uh, uh, transmission arts festival uh, kind of colloquium up uh, in the Hudson Valley in New York, which is something else I've been involved with. You know, and it's sort of, it is that sort of like, well, I don't want to miss out on things. Right. But I think on the other side, uh, so, I mean, I agree with you that I, for me, it's like, ah, I, I'm going to miss out. But um, and so I will probably overcommit to things as opposed to like not going out and doing something. Um, but I think on the, and I think that's bad, but on the other, on the other spectrum, I think there are a lot of people who make excuses before they'll do something because Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's all the way across town or like, I didn't prepare enough or like, oh, you know. And I I do that. Absolutely. I mean, mean, everyone does that to some extent, but I think there, there is this sort of. I think the more you do that, the more routinized it becomes. Oh, right. And the more, I agree. Like you're never leaving the house and you have no friends. I now. agree. Or, or, or maybe you do, but you know, they, <laughs> they all live around the corner. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And, and, you know, and I know that, um, I, I think you often, I'll, 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 to give you some credit, I think you serve an example to me often as somebody who, who does it because, um, you're a person who, who lives without a car. Yes. You know, and, and as do I. Right. And I'm, I'm a bicyclist, uh, which affords a certain different kind of degree of freedom than someone who's who only walks and takes public transport because taking public transport in Chicago means that some some you're routes. On some grid. Yeah, you're on some grid. So some routes are fairly expedient and as fast or faster than taking a car. Others significantly yes. slower. And I've never heard you complain once <laughs> ever about something which was going to be way off the grid which you know when going you know sort of in the the law in chicago is north south is easy east west is difficult and, and you're now living pretty I far think west. one or the other is easy it's combining them yes going northwest yeah. i mean i think going east west is pretty easy it's just it's not you can't go from east to north yeah, yeah. right exactly and and yet you you can need to do it and, and you 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 seem to say okay you don't let that stand in your way well yeah i made that choice like i feel like mm-hmm. that's i mean i think that's part of it too is is, uh, you know, saying, oh, you know what, I'm a little tired, I'm not going to go out to the bar tonight, that's that's one very minor choice, but, um, you know, and then that can add up, but I think And it does, and yeah, it does. It, does. <laughs> it will, inevitably. But I think it's whether you're making a choice of, like, my friends are a primary mm-hmm. event in my life that makes me happy, or leaving the house is good for me, you know? Yeah. Because I think, I, I think unless you make that a, a life priority, it's not going to happen. And I, I mean, think, because so many things are dropping off your to-do list anyway. Right? Yeah, and I think that right, there's that, and and the same thing can be said of work. You know, so so things that are that are that are the work you want to do. And for me, you know, in, in blogging, right? I mean, I you know, it's very easy to go a whole week without writing anything. Yes. You know, and just you know, night after night, and and uh, and then much more. I, I've gotten in like, well, let's challenge myself. Let's see if I can crank something out in an hour. Let me, you know, let me, you know, so because sometimes what I've learned with the blogging in particular. Is it's very easy to set a very high bar for yourself that's very unnecessarily high, right? So you want to write the the finely crafted, really well researched and reasoned post, you know. But that's the thing that's going to take me days, or, or you know, if I do it in a day, hours and hours and hours to do. And not that it's not worth doing, but I only have so many of those in me in any given amount of time. And yet, I think 
you know, I often, when I read other blogs, I often enjoy the really short pieces. Something that's sort of, here's something that you may not know about, isn't it cute? And I got, you know, two sentences to say about it, right? The blogs that help you find out about something. And the boing-boing approach in a lot of ways, even if I don't read boing-boing anymore. I really, really hate any blog that posts more than, like, five times a day. I think that, like, is too much. Right. Well, I mean, I I, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I get you there. But fact, I think that's the standard, like, you think you have to do. You're like, yeah. oh, I have to be, like, gawker. You no, know? my favorite blogs all are in the one to five a day mode, right? Because it's just enough for me to catch up on after a week if I don't read it. And if I read it daily, it's just enough to give me that dose. And I've learned to try and reflect back. But it's interesting how, uh, you know, I have to really remind myself like, oh, that's an okay way of doing it. If you put some, if, if, you, if you just make it part of your routine and you say, okay, I know I can do this, this in about a half an hour to an hour and I'm going to do it. And sometimes it means I'm doing it you know, rather than going to bed right now, but it's it, it keeps me in in the um, rather than saying, oh, I'm tired and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to bed. And sometimes, you know, that means sitting in bed and thinking about that post I was gonna write. Right, because that happens to me all the time. I'm not. I'm like, I'm not gonna go out, but I'll just go to sleep, and then I like lay in bed and watch Gem for six it, hours. Right. So, so wishing go you'd to, gone out. Right, right. So I go to bed at like three in the morning, and I'm like, well, that was stupid. No, because even last night, I mean, I went to bed or something bugging me, you know, and about you know. Uh, about a work kind of thing and i'm like no i just need to go clear this up right now like you know because i'm not it's i'm not getting it done right right and so i you know i I thought i'd missed a deadline and i and i jumped out of bed and i wrote an email to to the to my editor and said can you remind me these deadlines because i you know i'm really kind of think i'm missing it you know and then nothing else i could do at that moment right but at least i got that out and woke up the next morning he's like yeah it's you know deadlines next week well, well, <laughs> I'm like, thank you. What you just said a moment ago, when on the way here, I was thinking about this. When I went to college, I think I was very, like, freaked out uh, that I wouldn't be good enough or whatever. And a friend of mine and I developed a three-point plan to success. And I don't remember two of the points. But the point, first point, which I think is very vital, is lowering your standards. Lower mm-hmm. your standards. Because I feel like um, if your standard is like, oh, my friends are going out. I mean, I don't know why I keep using going out as an example. Um... And, you know, it's going to be a rager. They're going to be out till five in the morning. So I don't want to do that. You're committing to so much time when you think that where you whereas you could go out, have a beer and then go home and right. have this like good experience. Or, yeah, like you said, you're turning things into being bigger than they need to be. Way right. Bigger. Or the blog post. It's got to be this the thousand words and all reason and everything else when maybe it could be 300 words snappy and to the point. Right. And I'm not I don't think you should. And if you're if you're like, man, I I. I'm not going out because I hate my friends, right? Well, that's or I have a yeah. bad experience every time. Like, well, then that's, I think, a, a sign that you shouldn't be forcing yourself to do that thing, but maybe you need to change that thing. Right. Like, if you're really like, man, I hate writing things in my blog, maybe you should just not maybe have a you blog. Do or, no, like, I, right. <laughs> onto a different thing. No, I think that's right. I, and, and, you know, in terms of that whole idea of not making, of, of lowering your standards, the other part of it, though, is you can always get better. Right. And and the, the big part is you, you have to start. Right. You, you know, and, and whatever that thing is. Right. And, and, and it's 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 common to have the fear of it won't be good enough, uh, et cetera. Right. And even like in us starting the podcast, you know, I, we, we, I've told a story already on the podcast, but, you know, and how it was like you were like, let's we should yeah, I do. We should do podcast. You said, yes, we should do the podcast. And I committed like we're going to do it and I'm not going to worry about it. We're just going to jump into it and we'll see where it goes. Right. Having done radio in the past, having you know listened to podcasts, is it, it would have been very easy for me to set a too high standard to start, 
a standard that we would not have been able to do, so therefore would have been a barrier to progress, right? And um, but instead, I mean, you know, and, and, and it, it required this thinking. It wasn't natural, a hundred percent natural. Meaning, okay, no, we're just going to jump in and we'll just whatever I got, we're just going to going to do it. And we'll see where it goes because number two can always be better. Number three can even be better than number two, right? And, you know, I listened to uh, a podcast about podcasts earlier today <laughs> called called Podcast Squared. And they're talking to this guy who used to, I guess, was the editor of Fangoria. Um, What's his name? Chris Gore. Oh, yeah. Um, and he does a podcast uh, where he, um, he, what does he call it? Uh, I forget. But the premise is that basically he gets himself invited on other podcasts and then makes a podcast of those appearances. So, and party does it to promote those other podcasts, but also that's awesome. Yeah, and but he but he was really talking about how he you know after he kind of wished in retrospect that he had done his first five podcasts and never released them, but then used everything he learned from doing those to make the first one really great. Yeah, and to me, I'm like I, I I'm I'm with that except you know what? Let it out, let it out into the world. You know because who the hell was great on their first one? And to me, it's fascinating right. to see the, that first, you know, whether it's John Milton's first crappy poems, you know, or or David Lynch's first student films. Right. But those artists, like, hate that. They don't really want. You Not all of them. Do. Not all of them. But I mean, many artists are really cool with it. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the, you know, I mean, they like to have some control over their oeuvre, perhaps. Right. But in, but there's also a level to which they, they're willing to accept that there's a journey and that the art they made then is not the art they make now and maybe it's better or at least just different well what i I, what you're saying i see a lot in like health and fitness a lot too it's just the idea Mm. that like oh i can't just you know stop having high fructose corn syrup i have to like revolutionize my diet to eat like caveman like Mm -hmm. i can't just um you know like eat more vegetables i have to like go on this south beach diet and buy all these things or um i can't just like walk a little bit more i have to go find a trainer and like work out right right and i think that's what stops a lot of people because they they feel like if i don't fully commit and go whole hog or then and and i'm and i'm not you know shooting for some kind of perfection i guess then i'm not really doing it i'm not really committed and it's not for real right like a friend of mine uh who is not your wife who your wife is also gluten-free but i'm not speaking of your wife um, a friend of mine uh, found she had a gluten uh, intolerance, and um, so now she's gluten-free, and she lost, like, a bunch of weight, and she was like, wow, I didn't know that this was just a thing that you could do that would be <laughs> so easy relatively, that right. you could change one thing about your entire life, and it would change everything. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's things like that, which I don't think you hear stories of. It's like, you have to commit to the, like... Right, biggest loser ideal, or like become an ultra marathoner. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I, I didn't really. Th- I mean, I think you're completely right because I've I've believed in the power of of small changes and the power of of just making small commit. Not even commitments. I hate to even call them commitments. Just just tiny changes and seeing where it goes. Um, but I, I hadn't really thought about the counter narrative, right? That that we are sort of surrounded by stories of tremendous change and monumental achievement um which helps if you if you're uh, getting blood transfusions and uh, as we learned from lance armstrong right, <laughs> and exactly. taking, taking well, yeah, all sorts of doping the, and drugs that's the back side of that story is that all of those people are either uh, i mean not all of them but yeah. a lot of them are doping or doing really unhealthy things or their life is in shambles because they're spending 20 hours a day doing gymnastics or you know whatever 
And I, I think just how popular something like marathons are right now. Like, 50 years ago, the idea that everyone could do a marathon was not a popularly mm-hmm. believed idea. Like, now I feel like that's kind of in popular culture. Like, oh yeah, everyone's probably going to do one marathon. It's just something you do. Well, you know? and, and, and the fact is, it does, is that maybe more people are doing it. But maybe not as many as you think, just more people are feeling bad about not doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think the the advertising and maybe not intentional marketing of marathoning, but of people who do marathons is kind of like, well, you could do a marathon, but you just haven't committed to the training regimen. Or, mm-hmm. um, And I think Everest is a great example, too. I, I'm personally obsessed with Everest. But the idea that it's like... Oh, climbing Mount Everest. Climbing yeah. Mount Everest is both a metaphor but this thing that people who have like no climbing ability do they just they just pay a bunch of money to do this to be like i climb mount everest it's just something people do now and it's mm-hmm. like no it's respect that it is an achievement of people you know this idea that like anyone can do these giant accomplishments and unless you're doing the giant accomplishment it's what why even bother right and yet you know there are 6 billion people on this earth <laughs> right <laughs> The fact that you're, you know, the, the chances of you being number one in anything right. is low. Yeah. <laughs> and and but the thing is, is, well, why do you expect that of yourself? Right? I mean, and in the same way, you know, whatever we do, and it's like here we're doing a podcast, right? And we would like people to listen to it. It would be nice for us to connect with more people. And I think that we, we, we do this to an extent because we think we have something interesting to talk about and share. And it would be nice to connect with other people and, and, and perhaps, you know, provide some level of, of, of stimulation for people in this area. But if we go into it thinking we want to be number one in the iTunes charts... That would be so not fun for me. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> and yet it lurks in the background. At least, I mean, I would say not number one on the iTunes charts. Obviously. <laughs> but sort of overall kind of getting some momentum with it always lurks in the background. Same thing with my blog. You yeah. Know? I guess, I mean, I I think, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I think people have asked someone did ask like how many people listen to your podcast which i have and no i have idea. no idea because i don't I have the no stats idea. going i don't i don't even look <laughs> um and that idea was clearly to that person like crazy yeah and i was like i'm gonna sit around and talk to paul for an hour anyway every week so why not <laughs> well right i mean and and to some extent you know i also you can also see there are there are those examples of of people in the popular culture people who who are known for their achievements in a particular realm whether it be music or art or whatever and, and you can tell that there's many people who who did what they did because that's what they do and it wasn't it didn't matter whether they could sell a million records or sell four right and i think henry rollins is a person like that sure. right i mean he he's managed to become a person of note and and as a result People are, there's many more people who are ready for the product he creates, but he, he may probably be doing that regardless of whether he'd been in Black Flag and managed to to achieve some fame, right? You know, and, and whether or not he he is watching how many records he sells or whatever it, books he sells, et cetera. Except he may care about how much money he brings in. Let's uh, let let's do. Do you have uh, a? What, we don't even. We still can't decide what to call the damn segment. What are things favorite we thing, like. things, things we, we like? like. I'm yeah, sorry. You're the only person who can't get things we like. Yeah, right. uh, we do have a name for this segment. It's called things we like. But uh, if if there's a better name out there, yeah, we need um, we need like the little little stinger. Things we like. Yeah. So I even though it's fall, um, because I had all these presentations about pop cultural things and the rush. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I've been listening to a lot of Rush. Oh, yeah? How yeah. is it? 
I hate Getty Lee's voice. I just hate it. It's terrible. I know I you're, you're not a minority. In I that can't do matter. it. Otherwise, if they, you should like. And you like the, the screechy voices. I, his you know, is not right. I have a theorem. I believe that there's probably something about age of first exposure. Yeah, I think you need to get inoculated to Getty <laughs> Lee's voice. I think I, you know what I did. So I listened to it for a while, and then I felt like I did get inoculated. But then I, got, I went away from it, and then I listened to it again with one of our listeners, Laura, who made me turn it off. She made me turn <laughs> by No, she made me turn Vitor and the Snow Dog off. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> I, sometimes, sometimes I need to make someone turn okay. off Vitor and the Snow Dog. So um, I'm going to try again, but I feel like if there's a list of instrumental songs, I would listen to those. I'll, I'll make you a Spotify playlist. There we go. That would be and we, great. And we can post it on the that site. That would be great, yeah. So we'll that I the, can do. So it's sort of like Garfield without Garfield? Yeah, that's it's what I want. It's Rush without Getty. That's what I want. <laughs> Um, so I've been listening to a lot of Rush and a lot of R. Kelly because of the talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I felt like for a long time I wasn't really uh, listening to, you know, music I was loving. I was more listening to music because I was supposed to listen to it. For work. For work. Yeah, for fun work, but for work. So, but all summer um, I listened to really one band and I sort of came back to them after my R. Kelly Rush experience. Um, and it's The Long Winters. Um, who are an, an indie rock band mainly comprised of John Roderick, who I came to through John Roderick's podcast, which is one of my favorites. Um, Roderick on the Line. Roderick on the Line. It's awesome. And John Roderick and I have a disturbing number of things in common, so possibly that's why I like it. But when it was described, when he was talking about his music, I was like, I'm never going to like this. And then I downloaded it, and I really love it. So... um he there's a bunch of albums you can find on Amazon. They're I've never listened to them. I but I have listened to Roderick on the Line. It's great. Because I I because it's a Merlin Mann production. Yes. But I I don't listen often cuz it, it it it's it's usually like 2 hours long. It's probably my favorite podcast. So I mean he's he has a certain dark sardonic view of the world. He was raised in a paranoid household, which in, I in, I really really appreciate. In Alaska, in Alaska, which yeah. is which By is a congressman, right? Which is kind of way more screwed up than than me. He's a paranoid household in, in Chicago. Sure. Well, yeah, there's lo- there's similar gun issues. Yeah. I think okay. I don't know. I like it. I like it. Um, he, I think their most famous song is one about uh, not the Challenger, but the other uh, space disaster. I don't. One of the name. Apollos. No, it's 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 recent. Oh right, where like everyone died on on yeah. when they came back. Into, Boy, yeah. Well, right, because the tiles came off the, the damn thing. It's a space off. shuttle disaster. It's a space Boy, shuttle we should disaster. Know that. Yeah, yeah. That was after my time in grade school, which is the only time we mm-hmm. cared about the space shuttle disasters. Um, but yeah, so he Voyager. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So that that I think is their most famous song. I did not know that, and I listened to the song, and I was like, "This song's good," but then I realized what it was about. And it's really depressing. So. Yeah, well, I can imagine that uh, yeah. from from John Roderick. Yes, that's a historical song, but most of their songs are not historical. Okay. I highly suggest them if you like any sort of indie rock or guitar plus singing that is not fast. I got, I got the sense that they were more like acoustic or... Yeah, it's back. more acoustical. Okay. It's not my thing. But it's very poppy. Okay. It's not. It's yeah. not like. Oh, sad. I'm gonna give him a try. It is not sad bastard music, which okay. is what you might think that John Roderick. No, I, I believe that. I believe that it would not be sad bastard music, which I don't particularly care for. Yeah. Nor, nor beardo rock. 
I'm not so yeah. much into that, despite possessing a beard. But he used to be a keyboard player in his previous band, so it does have... It does. Yeah. What was his previous band? Harvey Danger. Oh, he was in Harvey Danger. That's so weird. That is weird. <laughs> you know, of course, we only know from the one song. Right, yeah, that's and, really... Uh, like it was you. a flagpole sit-up. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently they have quite the, quite the oeuvre. I guess. Interesting. Well, my thing, uh, my thing is not at all uh, esoteric or interesting, um, but I am right now <laughs> way to sell it. Really obsessed with Homeland, the TV show on, on the Showtime. Um, you know, uh, as it happens with so much of television, because um, I really don't endeavor very much to know about television, and there's so much of it, it's hard to know about. People all the time are asking me, "No, oh, did you see this show? Whatever." I'm like, "No, is it on network TV?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Yeah." Um, I watch a little NBC. That's about it. I, and, and, and I don't mean that be like snobby, like, oh, network I don't watch TV. TV. I only watch public television and, you know, the actual good Discovery Network shows. No, it's just because I, I, there's just too much. It's, it's really more about cognitive overload. And I don't even want to try to find something good because it's too hard. Um, but uh, this is one of these things like Homeland won a bunch of Emmys. And I'm talking to my brother when he was here, and I'm like, and I go, yeah, I heard it was kind of good. And I'm like, but I thought it was all just about people home from the Iraq, from like the Iraq war, and that doesn't sound interesting to me. My brother's like, yeah, that's what it's about, but actually it's really good. And I said, all right, you know, really, you should watch it. And then, and then he uh, emails me a week later and said, you know, it's going to premiere the second season and Showtime's doing a day long marathon. So record it. So I recorded the whole last season and uh, and have just recently finished it. So I'm I'm still like two episodes behind of the um of the uh where where it currently is. But it's good. It's very good television. I don't know what it is about Showtime. No, for whatever reason I have Showtime. I have cable. I don't pay for it. It's on my bill and it says zero. So I've been having a free free subscription to Showtime for about Maybe a year you shouldn't now. Say that as loud as you're saying. No, that. it's fine, whatever. Um and Showtime movies suck. The, like it's like they don't even try to get good movies anymore. There's like one good movie a month, and everything else is just direct to video dreck and like bad soft porn, you know. And and but they have really good series. It's such the conundrum. Yeah, they really do have good series. I mean, even historically, you know, and, the last ten years or so. And what's interesting because their series are all obviously made more cheaply than say like the HBO series like Sopranos or Game of Thrones or things like this. I don't watch any of those HBO shows. Neither do I because I, I don't have HBO them. and they're not on Netflix. Well, Hence, yeah. I don't watch them. Uh, but, you know, it's like how far my way do I have to go to watch this stuff? Very far. So I'm not going to see it. But Homeland, yeah, it's really good. Again, it, it's a, it, very well written. I think very well acted. Um, and with you know and and, and they, they they play a there's just enough uh enough uh twists and so enough is uh, it a drama it's a drama it? okay yeah so it's about a um so basically you know the core relationship is there's a, a cia agent played by claire danes um who uh herself she is manic depressive um but they don't know about it. cia cia runs in her family and she gets meds from her sister under the table and basically is just utterly dedicated to her job and is completely unbalanced but very good at it and she's back from having been in a detail in iraq and then are you sure you're not watching burn notice yes okay i'm absolutely sure I, i've never watched that show <laughs> It's also about CIA. Agents. I see. And then there is a uh, uh, a soldier, 
uh, who, who, who was found in Afga- who was found in, in Afghanistan or Iraq, one of those places, you know, who'd been basically captured by Al Qaeda <laughs> and kept for eight years. That's a very George Bush statement about one of those places who was, uh, who was kept for eight years, you know, and then is freed. And, um, she suspects that he is actually been turned. And so it's sort of how that plays out. Um, and, 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 and initially I thought it would be a little too pat. It'll be a little too NCIS, you know, but in fact, it's, 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 they allow the characters to be complex. They allow, you know, the ethical and moral lines to, to be not very clean. It's not black and white. And I found it to be very engaging. And of course, because I record a whole season at a time, I can watch four episodes in a row. Right. And go on a total Instead bender. of going to sleep. Well, that's right. That's pretty much how I watch television. I'm not Me one too. of these, like, I don't sit down every night and watch television, but I'll spend, like, like a Saturday. <laughs> like how some people do crack rock. Yeah, exactly. I Glued watching yeah. episode after episode after yeah. episode. And then I don't watch television for six days. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with television. I, I just need it in concentrated doses. Agreed. I need to freebase television. I agree. I totally feel the same. So, but but unlike freebasing, I'm less likely to set my house on fire because I don't live in the Soviet Union. <laughs> Good for you. Did you know the largest, the greatest cause of house fires in in uh, the Soviet Union were were televisions catching fire? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah, really. That's a good fact. <laughs> Keep that in your pocket. It's you learn thing, something. Good thing they got them LCDs now over there in Russia. <laughs> That's a good thing. All right. I think we've entertained the masses enough now. Uh, so we got to tell everyone now, you got to give us some love on the iTunes. Yeah. Thanks for making the choice to listen with your busy day. Exactly. Yeah. With all the things you have to do. Maybe you're multitasking. Maybe you're in the car I, I would commuting. Think you're probably multitasking. You're at the gym, um, eating dinner. I don't know. I hope you're not trying to free read. Freebasing. Freebasing. <laughs> Podcast to freebase by. <laughs> I'm not sure what that would be. The podcast is too long related to smoke crack by. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, though it would be great for, I think, I think for someone on meth. Although yeah. for someone on meth, they really need just need to load up like six or seven Rodericks on the line. Yeah, it's true. That would be great. Maybe that's why I like that. I could totally get, totally, totally get you through. Yeah, through, exactly. Uh, through a day of a weekend of being on math but uh and as well uh we we, we have a twitter we're using it more these days yes sell out podcast uh, at sell out podcast we're at uh facebook.com slash sell out podcast sell out podcast.com you can comment uh, you get the show notes of course you get some of our references that i uh, don't do the good radio host thing and explain to you you can go uh find out and follow the links and learn more or videos sometimes we have videos things that, that don't take on so the well. kyle one we had the link to the video for Barack Obama uh, reviewing the restaurant that you guys mm, went to. That's right, right, it was exactly. A great the video. Dixie Kitchen, yes. The young Barack Obama. The Extremely dashing, young, yeah. The dashing young Barack Obama reviewing the Dixie Kitchen, which was, was great food at a, a great <laughs> a fair price. At a fair price. This is a great podcast at a fair price. Yes. That's Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Paul. <laughs>